Now listening to Lost Cast, the Lost Decade Games podcast. Welcome to Lost Cast, episode 241. I'm Matt Hackett. And I'm Jeff Blair. Right off the bat, welcome new patron Kevin. Woo! Woo! Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for joining us. Good of you to be here, sir. Um, I want to give a shout to uh, Ryan Davis, who uh, sent me a message about a YouTube talk he did called High End, Low Res. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, I am too busy for anything in the world these days, but if you got the time, check it out. I'm sure it's good stuff. I like the premise, the high, um, high end, low res. Very useful for indies, right? Yeah. Uh, we interviewed Ryan on the show. We Lost did. I will put a link to that. Something or another. One, <laughs> some episode. 223 and one of my favorite uh, Lost Cast titles ever. It's an iPad in a closet, <laughs> which um, you won't understand unless you listen to the show. So That's the magic of Lost Cast. Yeah, go give it your ears. Um, here's a little bit of news. I didn't even mention this to you, uh, pre-show. Uh-oh. Um, so I want to get your reaction to this cause it's kind of interesting. So, uh, Stranger Things, you're familiar? Yeah. I watched the first season. Yes. Season. <laughs> What'd you think? I liked it. Um, I felt like it was a lot scarier at first. I don't know. Was it, was I, it supposed to be scary? Yeah, I thought so. I mean, not scary, yeah. but like th- sort of a thriller, right? Like it's. Yeah. A thriller I could get. I just, I will never be scared by CG that doesn't look very good. You know, the monster to me in that looks super fake. Yeah, I guess that's kind of what I was getting going with. It's like, you know, the suspense and it was kind of like chilling or whatever, right? Until they actually got it. It shows up. Yeah, it shows up. And you're like, oh, this thing's kind of weird looking. Um, I don't know. I think that's true for a lot of movies though, right? Like the suspense is better than the payoff or the you know what i mean that's true yeah because it's like your mind is the ultimate you know scare factory wow man there's a good podcast title (laughs) your mind is the ultimate (laughs) scare factory (laughs) i just mean whatever you can imagine is probably scarier than you know what someone can make i mean i don't know it's it's hard right there's plenty of like really well done scary images but like i feel like when you define something you know like when you put it into a show or movie or whatever like you have to you have to fill in the details right right it it can't just be this like blobby feeling of fear it has to be like it's a something right what does it look like how does it act how does it sound you know um whereas in your head you know it can kind of be this like vague idea of scariness that like doesn't really need to have the details defined and therefore doesn't have little things for you to pick apart. Like, oh, this yeah. thing, this part of the monster looks weird or out of proportion or not as scary as I thought or whatever. This relates back to uh, Lost Cast 236, Xenoprobia, uh, one of one of the, the worst names. <laughs> the worst. Uh, to, <laughs> to contrast uh, an iPad in the closet. Uh, a point that we were making where like the more you see, especially with... Um, I feel like existential stuff and uh, the alien franchises. Like the more you see the monster, the less it works. The yeah. less you see, the more it works, that kind of thing. We're right. That's what we're saying. <laughs> prove prove the point, right? Anyway, uh, Stranger Things uh, has a game out now published by Netflix. Really? Published by Netflix? Interesting. Published by Netflix. Yeah. The rest of it, I was like, yeah, it doesn't shock me that there is a Stranger Things game. I kind of, you know, it's a popular 
thing and it's all about uh you know universe building like world building it's got this unique little um universe good fit for a game right but the fact that it's published by netflix is really interesting because you know we talked not that long ago also about how netflix is pretty much a household name now right like for a lot of people um that i know it's replaced television for going on five ten years for them and for netflix to take a step towards games you know like they're publishing a game that's a that could be an off by one right but if they're taking a step into it pretty interesting yeah although i think it's more of like a marketing thing right because you see like adult swim does does the same thing right they that's have, true they, they're a game publisher and net uh stranger things is a netflix owned ip right right like it is a uh, thing that they created so it kind of makes sense that they would publish it right yeah so maybe it's like a step into games and maybe it's really just like cross promo stuff i think that's more more what it is right it's like they're not really getting into games as much as they are using games as a marketing channel for themselves and stranger things in particular right right because like they're i feel like they're hyping up season two of stranger things quite a bit yeah and you also see things like, you know, McDonald's, right? They contracted, I think they contracted, or somebody that they were working with contracted the um, Pixie JS, uh, Good Boy Digital, I think is the name of their company. Uh, really? They did like a, a rolling nugget 3D game in Pixie. Wow. Um, like That's this, really this cool. Ago. This is like a year or two ago, probably. But like, you know, games as advertisements, you know, are, are becoming or have been. <laughs> Uh, pretty common thing yeah you know i remember um back in the day when we were trying to promote our games people would suggest like make a comic or like a like a graphic novel or a short story or just like more types of content to promote the game you know yeah but to me like i would just think okay so now i also have a comic to promote like i don't know how to tell people about my game but now i have this comic i don't know how to tell people about either Right. So I have like multiple things no one's ever heard of that I'm like, someone come well, find out about these. I think that's why, you know, the bigger companies contract that stuff out, right? When it says published by Netflix, it just means that they paid They didn't some, make it. Yeah. They they hired some team of people to <clears throat> make a Stranger Things branded game. Right. And they paid for it. I, just, I thought that was interesting. And like, I don't know, anything game related, I like perk up, you know? Yes. <laughs> That would be, that'll I love be interesting. the cross-promo stuff. I yeah. wonder, what uh, do you know what kind of game it is? Uh, it looks like, uh, I mean, I've only seen screenshots. I haven't played it. But uh, what was that game that was, um, it played like Grand Theft Auto, but, oh, uh, River City Rampage, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like pixelated and it's overhead um, and you're walking around the town. <laughs> I don't really know what kind of game that is, but I would <laughs> imagine like an action-adventure Oh, so it's oh, hey, a trailer. I guess it makes sense. It's sort of retro game, right? Because Stranger Things is sort of like the 80s motif. So maybe the game is an 80s motif as well. Yeah, that would be a really good fit for that. Yeah. That's interesting. Someday we will get tired of that kind of, of game. But that, that day is not today. <laughs> uh, that day is not today. So um, other things we're going to talk about. Uh, I have a project tip uh, and a little discussion I want to get through. And then um, we're going to talk about toxicity after that. I don't think this tip will take terribly long. So we will get, we will have time. I know we never have time for what we talk about, but we'll have time for toxicity this time. Uh, and then someday, as you, you were commenting earlier, I'm surprised our listeners haven't pointed this out recently. Uh, we'll talk more about game development <laughs> as well. I think it's difficult because the stuff that we're working on is not, um, 
uh, ready. I don't know. Like, you know, the company doesn't particularly want us to talk about the behind the scenes stuff, which normally, you know, we're like an open book. We pull the curtain back because we're like, you know, this is this is our crap. So who cares? Yeah. To be fair, though, I uh, mean, there's not like an explicit ban on talking about stuff. It just it feels sort of weird to talk about yeah. specifics, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I'm better safe than sorry kind of thing. Like, I don't want to rock the boat. Yeah. For, you know, and it needs to be a good reason other than just like, I just kind of wanted to BS about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh so okay project tip um i mean most of the projects that i'm talking about are like you know video game projects but this could you know if you're writing a book or if you're building a shed or whatever i feel like this kind of thing can can help out too this is something that i think might have come up before but i'm trying to drill it home to myself is um so let's say you got a project let's say it's a side project right um i think it's really smart to keep an open task that's easy to do uh, otherwise it's hard to get back on the rails and get back into the project right and what I will do is um, when I don't have an easy task to do, I will look at my task and be like, you know, I got some time. Maybe I'll work on this project. And I'll look at the list and be like, that's hard, that's hard, that's hard, that's hard. I'm going to play some hots. You know? <laughs> right. Like, rather than having the discipline to double to like double down on it, I will lose interest. But if I have like an easy one where I'm like, oh, that's just like changing a sprite or, you know, oh, that rewrite's just going to take like five minutes. I can do that real quick. Then you set the stage right and you ease into it and then you're like okay i did it it feels good what else do i got you know that one doesn't sound as hard anymore so you're more likely to jump in you know yeah low-hanging fruit has a lot of uh benefits for motivation yes uh so a question for you though is maybe you can help me with this because um that's that's all good and fine but sometimes uh especially if you've been using this tactic for a while you start to bang out the easy ones right and then your project really is just the hard stuff left right like there might be one lingering thing like one big project uh like mini thing to do inside your project which is like you know refactor some crap and you're like well i can't really do anything else until that gets refactored because otherwise the code will just change anyway but that refactor is like relatively significant right so what do you do when there's no there's pretty much like you know the project is in a state where there is nothing easy left to do like how how do you penetrate? How do you get back into it? Is it just a matter of discipline? Is it a matter of like finding? <laughs> yeah, is it like finding a big chunk of time? Because that's a big thing to me. It's like I hardly ever have a, like a nice chunk of time where I'm like, oh, a four hour block to myself. I'm gonna like you know <laughs> refactor this or scratch this itch I've had or push forward this project. It's more like I can find a half hour there, I can find an hour there kind of thing. And that's when the easy pro- uh, tasks are perfect but when I'm, my project has like these big things where i'm like that's going to take a half a day maybe a whole day you know it's so so rare i can find those blocks of time that i don't really know what to do i don't know how to make progress on the uh the bigger stuff sometimes for me like side it usually ends up being uh, a matter of procrastinating until it can't wait any longer and then <laughs> finishing it in a mad rush yeah right before the deadline so that would probably be like work stuff. So oh, I guess like, like it, let's not work stuff. Well, no, that's all good too. Like, like you know, I want this to be applicable to almost any kind of a project, right? But I guess what that says for a side project is like give yourself a deadline, right? Like maybe you could have a play test for a friend, or you could like, um, I don't know. Maybe you've been gathering a small community and you can promise to send them a build by this day or something. But like, yeah, that that's key because like I don't have these um, problems nearly as much when it's like for work right Something because you for work, have to like, do well plus I, I have to do it plus i've got like tomorrow i've got a you know eight hour block reserved right there I like see. i have to be working i've got a ton of time it's not going to be a big problem if it's like that's going to take me a whole day i'm like great i'll do it today 
I guess you know, I missed that part about side project. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of muddying the waters here because I want I want the advice to be applicable, you know, because uh, I'm the kind of person where I just, you know, uh, I'm always going, right? I've always got something that I want to be making um, and I've always got, you know, work to be done, right? So, like, balancing the two is is tricky, but, like, I pick up these tips and I'm like, that that's good. And some of them work for both uh, the work projects and for the side projects, right? But some of them don't necessarily i don't know i think the hard thing with side projects is that you don't really have a lot of external motivating factors usually right and it's very easy to break your own rules right even if you say like i'm gonna have a deadline of friday for this feature like you know right you can't lie to yourself like you know (laughs) that if friday comes around and you don't have it done like there's not going to be any consequences other than you're going to be disappointed with yourself but you know that's pretty easy for most people to rationalize. I feel like, you know, you're like, oh, I got busy or I got this or whatever. Yeah. You can't really do those kinds of things in the work environment, right? Like, there they'll are, call you out. Yeah. Someone will call you, you out. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or <laughs> in the worst case scenario, fire you or something. But, right. That's one of the things that makes side projects so hard to work on, right? And you really need a lot of internal motivation to get it to the finish line, right? Because, yeah. There really isn't anything you know, making it so that you have to make progress. It's all kind of like, do you have the motivation? I think maybe that that's a time to just kind of like percolate, right? Like if you're not feeling it, right? If you don't want to work on it and it's a side project, maybe that's the time to fiddle around with something else, right? Like I, we've talked about striking while the iron is hot on the show before. And I don't know, maybe there's um, something to that. Although, uh, we mentioned a few episodes ago about this design series on Netflix called Abstract, the Art of Design. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things, I think the very first episode is about this illustrator. And, you know, one of the things that I thought was very important about what he was talking about was that, you know, he doesn't just sit down and like do something, right? When he has a big project, you know, it, it doesn't just happen by like, I sit down and I make it and I'm done, right? It's kind of like he has to be disciplined in sitting down and messing around with you know the drawing or whatever the the concept he's going for until he kind of like stumbles upon the really good idea yeah right and i guess Mm. part of that really is just like having the discipline to sit down and do it right and so maybe that is really as simple it is as it is for side projects too right like just sit down and start writing some code you know maybe um you don't have to tackle that big refactor right away, right? Maybe you just need to like add some content instead. Do something that you're not dreading, right? Even if it's mm. not like a low-hanging fruit kind of like right. bug fix that you could knock out, like add a new piece of content, right? Something to get your head back into the game code or just, you know, finding that motivation to work on the project, right? And I find that like yeah. the fun parts are good for that, right? Like one of the things that helped me get motivated about stuff, you know, when we're, we were working together on games is like getting a new graphic from you or something or like a new feature, pulling for this, pulling for that. Right. Um, so I think that like, you know, adding something interesting to the game might have that same effect, right? It's really the same thing, right? You're just creating a, an on the fly, small task for yourself that you can knock out easily nice. to get you back into it. I like that. Um, I, this is related because like you know I'm, I'm trying to compare the projects and trying to come up with um you know guidelines for myself that'll help any kind of project whether it's work or just like a side project 
So there's this one where um, I'm still trying to get better uh, at my drawing, I get better at art and stuff, and there's these uh, series of tutorials that I'm following. And I'm trying just to give myself some uh, order, I guess, right? So I'm going through them, uh, like, you know, numerically. They're ordered one, they're up to like 80 now. And uh, I'm going through them, I'll just like do the tutorial, and I was been shooting for one per day, right? And then I got to this one that's all about airplanes. And airplanes are really complicated looking things sometimes, especially like ye old airplane, you know? Ye old. Like a million little parts. Yeah, ye old airplane. Uh, and I don't really find them that interesting. They're not fun to draw to me, and they don't look that cool when I'm done, you know? So I've been like dragging ass on that. And I think that the key there is the same kind of thing, which is like... Um, like you were saying, do something that you enjoy, right? Because uh, I found out the way to do it is like, if I'm not feeling it, just skip that tutorial, right? I don't want to treat it like a bottleneck. I don't want to treat it like um, the video games we talk about sometimes, like the Blaster Master Zero, where it has this difficulty cliff, right? And it's like, because I can't get past this one part, that's going to uh, like bottleneck all the rest of the content for me, right? right? Like if I could just skip that, then I'd be flying again. And um, I think that's really effective because like I skipped the airplane tutorials and like the very next one looks really easy it's like um puffy smoke Mm. like i can can draw smoke i can draw circles like let's do this you know and i get back on the rails and uh and everything's good again something that uh you and i were talking about the other day actually about side projects was maybe even just avoiding large refactors of side projects altogether yeah yeah i i kind of am into that because i feel like i hit this wall uh, with the side project I was working on and it needed a refactor for this reason and that reason. And I could, I feel like there's almost always a reason to refactor. Right. But the thing is, is I probably did it too early because I'm halfway through and there's already other things that I want to refactor. It's just like, I feel like I'm in this endless cycle and I could see how I could get out of it in a few months. If I uh, have discipline and I dedicate, you know, as much free time as I can to it and stuff like that. And once I get out of the weeds, I'll be in a much better spot. But I might not ever get out of those weeds, right? Because the project is so slow going and it's just refactor hell. And I don't know if it's ever actually needed that. Like it might have been more beneficial just to have this kind of like cobbled together playable thing that I can experiment with, you know? Right. In some ways, you can think about those kinds of tasks as optimization, right? And and prematurely optimizing your game code architecturally is maybe just as bad as trying yeah. to optimize for speed too early, right? There's the make it work, make it pretty, make it fast. And I went from make it work to make it fast and I skipped make it pretty. Did the wrong thing. Yeah. Damn it, Matt. Well, I guess to me, make it pretty is, sort of, it is the refactoring step to an extent, right? But like, um, it doesn't mean that you have to like, especially for a side project, right? Like, the results are what matter in the end. Yeah. And maybe, you know, if you got farther with the prototype, you'd have a better idea of what the game was, and then you could approach a refactor from a very, like, kind of concrete perspective, right? Like, okay, I know what everything needs to do. Because I I find that that's sort of like, when I'm having motivation issues, I oftentimes feel like it's not really a motivation problem. It's a decision paralysis problem, Mm. right? It's like when I'm unable to work on a piece of code it's usually because i don't either fully understand what it is i'm going to be doing or i haven't completely decided which trade-off i want to make right right oftentimes i'll find myself thinking about like okay 
if I change this, in fact, I was actually just thinking about this this morning about some work at Plato, and it's like I have a choice, right, where I can go down one path and it has whatever implications, and I can go down another path and it has different implications. And if I would just choose one, I could get done in like an hour or two with this code I need to refactor. But right. I need to decide how I want to refactor it first. And that to me is sort of like the big problem, right? Is like, figuring out which of those trade-offs I want to land on. Yeah. I, I think with, um, like with the work stuff, what I do is like, cause if there is that tight deadline, right. And there is people waiting for you and there's lots of reasons and you have the time, right. It's already allocated. What I'll do is I just dive in and, uh, let's say it's a refactor. I just start working on it and it'll go pretty much one of two ways one is it's great and it works and i'm like wow first try everything's great and i committed it and it's good the other way is i give out halfway and i'm like oh i've <laughs> learned something now like i've learned why this approach won't work and then i get just kidding i back out and then i then i need to let it percolate right but what i i've noticed about work stuff is i'm way more i just jump in because you have to right like yeah. i just pile in but if it's a side project i probably won't like it'll take a while before I'll even try something because I'm more like, I, I think like I want to let it percolate more. Like I want to solve the problem in my head before I get to the computer because the side project time is so like precious. I don't have as much patience for the side project. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think <clears> that's I hard though because, you know, I, I certainly am a big fan of just kind of letting ideas kick around in your head, but sometimes you end up going in circles that way if you don't actually yeah. put code on the screen yeah. right or paper to pencil pencil to paper whatever yeah <laughs> indeed <laughs> indeed yes uh, anyways yeah that's it's interesting it's hard um i i do think it it does come down to decision paralysis a lot when you're talking about side projects right because um even when it wasn't a side project when you're working on you know awl and those kinds of games like a lot of times one of the reasons that we weren't making progress is because we didn't know how to like what we were going to be doing to make we that didn't, progress. We didn't right? know what we were making sometimes. Right. right. When you have the idea, you know, that's when like, I feel the most motivated, right? You're like, Oh, I know what I want. I'm just going to bang, 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 bang. Right. That's when the code yeah. really flows. You know, that's when you get into the zone. Yeah. Ah, uh, it's hard, man. Yes. I feel like to the, um, when, when the day job, scratches your um your your dev itch that also saps uh, the motivation a lot you know because like back before i was working on uh games i was much more likely to work on games my free time uh, i think that's too why i like um i've been more into art recently it's because like i'm satisfied uh technologically i guess like mother programmer in me is happy yeah so i've wanted something else to like um you know Scratches creative itches. Right. Yeah, th here's a point I want to make too. Is like I feel like when you work in an industry such as games that take forever to ship something, right? Like even the small games that we're working on recently are going to take several months to make, and then you know much much more the bigger games we used to make that would take a couple of years to crank out. Um, I really am enjoying the drawing recently because I can crank something out in like an hour or an evening, or if it's something really big like you know a week would be the upper end for me uh, art wise right but that's still a, a fraction like even the biggest piece of artwork i might make would be a fraction of the time that it takes to make uh these games and it feels good in that regard to have you know these bigger projects you're working on but then also something small and bite-sized that you can be like look i made this and it didn't take you know freaking years 
right? <laughs> There's a, nice. definitely something to that immediate gratification. Yeah. Uh, I think that's why cooking is so appealing to both of us as well. You know, I can go in the kitchen and 20 minutes later, I've got a delicious meal. Whereas, like, I can go on my computer and 20 minutes later, I've created more bugs. Fixed. <laughs> right. Chip <laughs> uh, the... away slowly over time. It's the problem Ugh. with... Uh, with programming you know sometimes it's not even that you're making more bugs it's that you're discovering right if you yeah. can think about it like a cave right and like you might think the cave is like you know 10 by 10 and then you get to the back of it and it's like no there's a tunnel here that leads to a chasm and an underground river or something right like you're like what is all this <laughs> how did this get here like all these problems came about because you know i just unearthed this one stone yeah I've had that several times recently where I'm like, how did this ever work? Right? Yeah. Like, I'd find something else about the code and be like, wait, what? (laughs) How is it functioning at all? Usually that means that you don't have the correct model of the, well, either, I guess one of two things, right? Either you don't have the correct model of the system in your head or it really didn't ever work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I've seen a lot of stuff that's uh that's broken in a way that's kind of fine until you notice it. Yes. Right? Like, you know, oh yeah, the game ended. Sure. And this person was awarded whatever. Then you look at the data and you're like, Oh, that's a problem, you know, like just incomplete data or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's the tricky part about programming, right? There the systems become so complicated. And the bug's so insidious sometimes that, like, it can look like it's doing the right thing. Yeah. Except for not. in, you know, one scenario or another. Yeah. With a sufficiently large enough project, especially in software, this is interesting to think about. There's, like, there's never any one person, say, at Blizzard, who understands every single technological piece through and through of World of Warcraft. For example right. right it's just too big like you would have you know the, the director of engineering assigned to the project or whatever would have really good high level views and for some parts would be able to dive in and actually fix a bug or something right but there's always going to be a lot of it that's kind of under fog of war where you're <laughs> right. like yeah i know the gist of how that server system works and they get into it and like oh no i didn't or this has changed or you know it's just it's pretty much impossible to have it all like to have a perfect sim of all of that in your head yeah, well, we are only human. It's true. Unfortunately. Sadly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so toxicity, you jerk. Wow. You're bad. You're bad at podcasting. That's... Why don't you uninstall GarageBand? <laughs> <laughs> Do you like how I just jumped right into t- <laughs> I'm going to put, put you on mute. <laughs> this is what we're talking about. Toxicity, specifically in gaming and... Uh, let's let's just say like online multiplayer games as well, just to limit it a little bit, because people are always jerks, and you can tweet about you know a single player game. You can be like, "Yo, I love me some single player Spelunky," and someone could be like, "You know, shut up." But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about like where it's part of the gameplay, pretty much, right? Yeah. Uh, and we're gonna use the uh, example primarily of Heroes of the Storm, although it won't be the only game. But that is a MOBA that you and I both play. It's free to play. Check it out if you're interested. Um, World of Warcraft 2 probably also because you are um, a long-time player of that, and I'm sure you experience a fair amount of toxicity in there, I'm assuming. Um, yes. Yeah. It's I not mean, too bad. I think that games, like MOBA games, are, are probably more prone to it. Oh, yeah. Because um, it's like World of Warcraft is come hang out in this world with us, and then, you know, there are some 
you know battle heavy like you go into an instance and and you know the heat is on and stuff but like you spend a lot of your time just relaxing in a, in a universe and people aren't usually going to be like yo relax harder <laughs> like enjoy the environment more you jerk <laughs> right yeah and like i don't know maybe just the way the game has trended in the last you know several years it's very like uh there aren't any like as hard of consequences right like and, and a lot of it is like you know you versus the environment right like so like for example in ai matches and hots you don't tend to see as much toxicity because like yes because nobody cares you're gonna win the computer will not beat some human actually well even if it I does, mean, it's been a long time but yeah <laughs> even if it does like when I, i've lost ai games and hots before because people were just like playing badly but you know it doesn't yeah. feel bad right and i think that's kind of where it starts to come from right people get mad because you know their expectations or what they wanted out of that experience weren't met and so they, they become angry um and i've yeah. actually been playing a lot of hero league and hots recently and so i've I've had to step away from the game several times after like losing a few matches in a row and becoming irritated with my teammates because you know, like what I want out of the game is right to have like a good game and hopefully to win. Um, and then when you have scenarios, like the thing that gets me a lot is like people that, um, you know, AFK, right. Like go, <laughs> go go play quick match or something if you're not gonna take it seriously. Yeah, I can see that. And so I find myself becoming irritated because I'm like, you know, this person is wasting my time. And, and yeah, some people kind of see that they take that to the extreme, right? And I think it's perfectly natural for anybody to get frustrated with their teammates in any kind of game, right? That's just a fact of life. You know, you might sure. come into it and you're a well-seasoned player and you know all there is to know about the game and you get paired up with someone who doesn't, right? And it's going to be a naturally frustrating experience when they're doing the wrong things. But the pace of a game like HOTS or like Overwatch, right? A fast-paced game, like you don't have time to sit there and explain to people how to do things, right? At most... Get good. Yeah, get good. <laughs> <laughs> so you see a lot of like terseness, right? And a lot of the toxicity coming from you know, those things colliding, right? Which is that uh, you're putting people together who are anonymous and have varying skill levels and your options for communication are very limited and sort of detrimental to being good at the game anyway. Like, or, or detrimental to playing the game well, right? Like if you're stopping to chat with your teammates, that means you're not pressing the buttons you need to play uh, press. You know, you're not rotating yeah. quickly between lanes you're not rotating to the mercenary camp you're not getting a kill when you could have or whatever right like right just stopping to type a message into the game chat is like you know in starcraft terms you know that, like your apm is dropping at that point right that's true you know so the game actively incentivizes you not to communicate well with your teammates yeah and to be as terse as possible. And when you are going to be terse, um, people see it as most effective to be really insulting. Because <laughs> if you're like, hey, friends, play better. Or please join me here. Like, it, it doesn't... <laughs> right. It's not it's not built for... <laughs> dear, dearest GoSub, that's that's Jeff. Please join me in the top lane, friend. <laughs> I cordially I invite you both. to the mercenary camp <laughs> in the northmost yeah. quadrant of the game map. 
Yeah, it's more like go sub F you. <laughs> ping, ping, ping. Right. Block. <laughs> I think a lot of it comes down to expectations, right? I mean, obviously, like being rude to, to someone is never appropriate, right? But if you think about it, you know, when people's expectations aren't met, that's when they start to get irritated, right? And I think that a lot of people have the expectation that like, you know, people should be whatever it is, right? Like I expect that my teammates in Hero League are paying attention, have 30 minutes to devote to the next match without, you know, going AFK or being distracted. You know, I expect that they have some knowledge level of the game, right? Or otherwise they should go back to quick match, right? Or whatever. Yeah. And so like, when someone doesn't meet those expectations, like you kind of feel like justified in giving them crap, right? Because right. you're like, well, I feel like I've been wronged because you are wasting my time by coming into this part of the game that you have no business being in, right? Right. And that's sort of an understandable perspective, right? But, you know, the other side of the coin is that everybody needs to learn sometime and, you know, it's just a game, obviously. <laughs> blah 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 yeah and you know you're gonna get people from all spectrums of experience that you get paired with right just due to how difficult of a problem that matchmaking is right i see a lot of people yeah. complaining about matchmaking and you know it's it's a difficult problem right to to find you the exact group of five people and then the opponents you know group of five people that are well matched against each other within x amount of time based on the people that are currently online right it's, yeah it, as fast as possible right and and like every second counts like um basically if it takes you three minutes you're gonna lose you know start losing like 70 percent of the people who are signed up then your your problem becomes even harder is right is you're trying to connect people but they keep dropping off because your system you're like i don't have a good enough match yet you know, like these, like I've got 10 people, but they're like, they're going to hate this game. Like I need more time for someone else to, to NQ and then I can decide where to put them. But like time is against them the whole time. Matchmaking is a hard problem. Yeah. And just, you know, the anonymity of the internet and gaming and stuff, right? Just kind of oh, fuels yeah. that. It's like when you're driving, you know, and yeah, we were, yeah, we were talking about that just, just recently. <laughs> the thing was like, uh, if you, if you flick people off or not yeah, <laughs> in, in cars, <laughs> Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I've done it. I feel like most people probably have done it. And again, it kind of comes down to expectations, right? Like I was expecting you to signal before you came into my lane. Yeah. And if you didn't, I feel like, you know, justified in being rude to you, right? Because I feel like you're rude to me first. And I think that's kind (laughs) of where some of that online stuff comes. Like whether it's not, whether or not it's right or wrong, right? People feel like coming into a serious game and not acting seriously is, you know, a transgression like, to begin like with. Rude. Yeah. It's rude, exactly. right? So they respond in kind, right? With rudeness. It's true. And that's, I mean, that's not always the case, right? There's, there's probably cases where people are just like, look, I have been playing unranked draft and I want to try hero league. And this is my first game and I'm trying my hardest, but you know, we either, we got badly matched by the system or, I'm having an off day or whatever, you know. I mean, there's lots of reasons yeah. why. And the same thing goes for the rules of the road, right? Like sometimes people forget to signal. Does that mean that you should like drive them off the road and beat the crap out of them? Nobody <laughs> should ever forget to single signal. <laughs> well, in an ideal world, no, but you know jerks. <laughs> 
So I want to look at three different approaches to um, the chat, like the toxicity in games, right? But specifically the chat in Here's the Storm. So there's me, and this is kind of the like the of, of LDG. There's me, and there's you, and then there's Yeah. So <laughs> here's the spectrum. On one end of the spectrum, you've got who is a self-proclaimed troll and... <laughs> He, <laughs> like I've I've played with him a few times, and you know I don't think he was he was you know terrible or anything, but I think he gets worse <laughs> like when he wants to, and he has his moments and stuff, right? But like I'll chat with him about hots a lot, and he'll be like, "Oh man, I was so toxic earlier." <laughs> he'll say <laughs> things like that, right? Like he's not afraid, and and he he must enjoy it in some level, or he wouldn't do it, right? So that's one in the spectrum. On the other end of the spectrum is me, where I turned off chat, and I've had it off months and i um will not turn it back on i i need i need something hardcore f- to happen for me I'll, I'll actually tell you a story a little later about how i one time i turned it back on it's pretty cool uh then there's you in the middle who um you have it on but you're not a troll you're not overly toxic like you will get into it with somebody once in a while but like for the most part you use chat the way you know blizzard is intended right like you, you try to be helpful um you'll you'll ping people you'll give advice stuff like that right like you you're like the norm you're you're what everyone kind of the way everyone wishes that people would use the chat right yeah am i am i too is that too praising is that too positive are you more of like hey <laughs> you guys are all jerks this is the worst team I've ever played with <laughs> you, you seem courteous in I'm chat. Pretty, like, I, I, I definitely antagonized yeah, yeah yeah if someone starts talking crap then, I, then i'll talk crap back right if i feel yeah, like I, it, for, I won't always sometimes <laughs> i just don't care and i'm like whatever i don't care yeah right. back when i had chat on i've seen you say things like this before like oh boy here we go like when someone will be like you know wtf uh you know go sub or whatever and you'll be like here we go some jerk <laughs> some jerk found the keyboard right <laughs> some, <laughs> submitted it tough guy i like the three points of, of perspective there right yeah it's, it's not just you know an echo chamber like we tend to get into where we just have the same opinion on stuff because um, i remember when i first told you that i turned the chat off you said that was kind of like throwing uh the baby out with the bathwater, and i was like why would you murder a baby and you said no matt this is a common uh idiot was that? Idi- <laughs> it, yeah <laughs> no i kid i kid um but yeah i mean i can see that because i miss out on some things you know like the, the modes that i play like quick match and stuff aren't really uh, they don't normally get a whole lot of planning, but sometimes it'll be like, you know, someone will say, hey, guys, let's skip this tribute and go straight to the boss. I think that'll be better for us. You know, I don't see messages like that, so I don't know what's going on. Like, people can ping locations on the map, and I'll see that, but if you're talking about someone's going to chat some strategy, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I threw it out. I'd say just say no. <laughs> just, say, just say no to strategy. Just say just say no to chat of all kinds online. Yeah. yeah. I think it is, um, but I mean, I can't really fault you, right? Because it's supposed to be a fun experience and like Blizzard or whoever, right, has given you those controls over your experience and you should exercise them. You know, it's configuration, right? Like maybe I like to play with my game sound at 50% because whatever, right? Or zero because I want to play my own music. Uh, Right. And I think this is really no different, right? It's just like they've given you a, a few different tools to make your experience good and you should use them the way that makes your experience the best. That's true. I kind of feel like that from my perspective, I don't like to turn off the chat, even though some people make me angry sometimes just because I feel like I've developed kind of a, I don't know, like I guess thick skin or you're immune. 
Yeah, like you have T cells. They're called uh, <laughs> troll cells. Troll cells. They help your immune system. <laughs> like, and maybe it be, came because I had played you know games like World of Warcraft for a long time, right? Where it's very chat heavy, right? I think mm-hmm. that's the thing with Hots, right? Hots to me is like not even that bad because most of the time you have some, like maybe there'll be that game where someone's just really going off, right? Just talking all kinds of shit, right? Um, but by and large, it's like maybe they make one or two comments throughout the course of a game, sometimes zero, right? Yeah. Whereas a game like an MMO, uh, there's a lot more talking. Like people are just r- sitting idly in the game chatting, right? Like yeah. trade chat in, in World of Warcraft is abysmal, you know? Like you see things in there and maybe they're not as like personally insulting, right? They're not usually like directed towards you or your actions. So maybe that's a differenti- differentiating point too. But I feel like having been exposed to that stuff, I'm just sort of like numb to people mm. telling each other to get cancer or whatever. And, you know, it's sort of sad maybe in a way, but. Yeah. Um, mm. And, you know, sometimes like, Here's the thing about uh, about the criticism of the game that I like to think about too, right? Is that it's kind of like when we get criticism on our games, right? When someone makes a f- forum post or like a Steam review where they're like, this game is the worst game possible and the developers should die, you know, Jeez. whatever, right? Like we, we've had the spectrum of that stuff too, right? And like, yeah, I think that it usually falls into one of two categories, right? Either it's just some random person is angry and venting and, you know, I feel like I was doing the right thing regardless of what they're saying and it's just completely untrue, right? Mm-hmm. And I just ignore them because they're clearly an idiot or <laughs> or they're just tilted, right? Like, And this has actually happened to me too, right? Like there's been times where I've been like, I dove into the team and I got killed and I'm like pinging for help and I'm like, you know, I calm down for a second and I'm like, oh, you know what? I, I should not have been there, right? Like, That's, that's on me. That's on me, right? right. Like, <laughs> I, I should have looked around and made sure I knew where my teammates were before I engaged, not just assumed that they were going to be there backing me up and reading my mind, right? Yeah. So I feel like that happens to a lot of people, right? Where like they make a des- dumb decision and their immediate reaction is to be like, WTF, why didn't you guys help me? Yeah. Or like, you know, you're doing the wrong thing and I got killed <laughs> because of you. And it's like, well, that's probably not true. <laughs> right and and that's i feel like that's easier to ignore right because in your head it's easy to like rationalize that like okay this person's upset and being uh a jerk because they died and they're they're unhappy but i was doing right. what i was supposed to be doing uh and yeah. the other scenario is that they're telling you something that is true uh in a really bad way right and it's kind of right. like you know when we get bad reviews on the game or something and people are sort of insulting not that this happens all the time, right? But we've seen, you know, people talk very plenty. badly. Yeah, plenty of times people have made, you know, insulting remarks about the game or the developers or like, you know, how could you be so, how could you, how, how could you be so bad or whatever? But um, yeah, what I try to do in that scenario is look at what the objective complaint is, you know, sans the... The hate. Right, sans the venom and yeah. and see if it, you know, has any kind of validity, right? And... Honestly, like, not that I'm excusing that behavior, right? Like, no one should be toxic. It, it's really the worst way to get your point across, right? But from a person receiving, like, you can't stop people from talking at you unless you mute chat, right? So, like, that's one solution, right? 
if you don't want to mute chat, I think you need to be able to like cope with what they're saying in, in one of those two ways. Either one, kind of put them in this box where like, hey, I know you're an idiot because I'm confident in the decisions that I was making and I'm going to ignore you. <laughs> or two, yeah. you're being a complete jerk, but you're right. I really shouldn't have been on that side of the map. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. You got to take everything with a grain of salt, right? Yeah. So um, I disabled chat a long time ago. And there's uh, this mode I usually play is called Quick Match, where you just pick a character, you jump into a game, and they just connect you randomly to a map and nine other players, right? Then there's this other mode called uh, Unranked. And this is true also for Hero League. But basically, there, you go through a draft, right? So there's like a pre-game uh, stage. And then it'll be, you know, here's a team of five, here's a team of five, and then you take turns banning heroes that you don't want to fight against, and you take turn picking heroes that you want to play as. And each team gets two bans, and each team gets to pick five heroes, right? Right. So I noticed, because um, I'd had chat off for so long, I went into an unranked draft, and in the draft mode, the chat is back on. It's just a different type of chat, right? There's like global chat, and there's unranked, or I guess there's draft chat, and then there's the allied chat, which is like your end game. So my end game chat was still muted, but my draft chat was open. And this is actually a pretty, like, no one's... Re- <laughs> didn't say that people still get really hateful but there's much less there right there's much less content there it's not like oh someone screwed up a play or you know jeff you shouldn't have jumped in and died and now i'm gonna yell at you for that there's less of that going on like there's really only two decisions you can make in there one is who to play as and two if you happen to be the person banning because only one person bans on each team then people can like criticize your ban decisions or something right right so there's much less meat on the bone uh to pick at and so I allowed it. Plus, it's this is a time when it is pretty useful to have chat. Someone could be like, you know, hey, don't make me play support, you guys, because I'm the worst support. Like, I want to play a warrior. Right. And other people can adapt to that change. Whereas, like, you know, in a game, they might be like, hey, let's all do something stupid that I don't agree with, and I'm not going to do it, right? But it matters if, if they, you know, it's down to, like, their hero pick. So I left it on. And there was this one game where... um so you know about this, but our listeners probably don't. It's like uh, the ban, you have 60 seconds to ban. And it's pretty important because, you know, on specific maps especially, there can be a hero that's just like a new hero and is way too overpowered. And on that map is just a disaster, right? Like you don't, nobody wants to play against that hero. Like the team that gets that hero might just win. Like that happens sometimes, right? Yeah. So the ban, you only have 60 seconds. And the first ban, the timer went down and the chat was like, uh, hey, can you ban, you know, Garage? And then the timer gets like 10 seconds and the chat's like, hey, can you ban anyone at all? <laughs> right? And then the, the timer expires and the the ban, uh, it shatters like glass and you just don't ban anyone. So it's like objectively worse for your team, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and then the chat didn't really say anything and I'm just like, uh-oh, someone's going to be like, yo, you've, it, like they're going to start cursing at him. This is going to get awkward again. And I'm going to have to mute this as well, right? Right. And then someone goes, we don't need no ban. <laughs> right <laughs> we're too good for this and then the dude was like away from keyboard and came back and was like oh i'm so sorry i was away from keyboard it sucks um i'll get the next one and they were like no we don't need the next one screw it <laughs> let the next band die too right we're like we're a team of warriors we got this and it was, it was entertaining right so i was like these these people seem cool so i turned the chat back on and we let both bands expire the other team used both bands and we killed them it was easy. We creamed them, even without the, like, basically, we were kind of handicapped, but we still won. And the chat was delightful, and 
we uh, came together as a group. It was fantastic. It was like a positive then, social experience. It was, and I, I kind of missed that. It's one of the reasons I started playing in the first place, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons I like to leave chat on is because there are times, right, where, you know, people will be like, you know, oh, thanks for that clutch heel or, you know, MVP, yeah. Rhaegar or whatever, you know, like kind of giving that you kudos on, yeah. on a good play or like, you know, like, oh, you know, you like cocktailed that person over the wall with, you know, <laughs> a sliver of health or something. Yeah. Um. So it's it's kind of fun to to have access to that. Um. I think that the stuff about the banning phase is interesting because that's a scenario where time is not as much of a factor, right? And so people have time to like write out more well thought out reasoned statements. You're not busy. You're not doing anything. You're not supposed to be clicking. You're supposed to be doing something like an objective. You're supposed to sit there and type, really, stare at the screen, make decisions every few minutes, and just chat. Yeah. And also, it sort of doesn't have this like, like very negative effect, right? Like, even if you miss the bans, it's certainly like putting your team at so somewhat of a disadvantage. But I feel like most people still feel like, well, you know, it's still winnable. Like, the game hasn't actually started. You know, everyone's on an even playing field. Totally. Like, it it's not a big deal. doesn't feel as bad as like, oh, you know, our support ran in and died and now he's down for 60 seconds. And That's true. <laughs> we're basically all screwed for the next minute while the other team does whatever, right? Yeah. So, like, you know, people just aren't going to be getting as angry about those kinds of events, right? Yeah. Uh, so I, I continue to have chat on and I'm, this is actually in the draft still, this is a different game, right? And someone's uh, like, uh, Hey guys, I think I'm going to go with, uh, Sonya. And so maybe I can solo lane and then you got, you guys can own the upper lane or something. Right. And this person's like, you're not my boss. Don't tell me what to do. SMD. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I'm like, why? And I'm like, okay, I don't think I'm going to leave. Because that's like, that's like the beginning, right? Like, that was at the end of the draft. I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't want any more of that. Like, I just don't need it. Sometimes I feel like the games where there's a little bit more chat going on in the draft are, are less toxic overall, right? Because people sort of like, yeah. they don't like feel like they know each other necessarily, right? But you've had like, you know, it's very easy to rage at someone who's not talking back that you don't know anything about, right? But even... As soon as they start making, you know, some kind of like personality revealing statements in the draft chat or whatever, you know, I feel like it becomes harder to be a, a jerk. Yeah, that's true. Um, people say hi sometimes, like the vast majority of the time, no one says anything or someone will say like ban, you know, KZ or something. Um, but sometimes what will happen is uh, someone says hello and then people are usually say hello back, right? It's a pretty common human traits. And this one person one time said... Um, Hello. Teams that say hello are, are 90% more likely to win. Everyone's like, hi, hey, yeah, uh, how you doing? Like, it, it was all, it's a placebo, right? Like, yeah. it's not, it's not going to flip the magic win button or anything, but everyone was kind of just more friendly. And that, that was like, it got easily the most hellos back of any time I've ever seen anyone saying hello before, right? Yeah. Which brings me to something interesting. I'll see if I can find the tweet. I'll link to it if I can, but it's a tweet. So who cares? Uh, Jonathan Blow, designer, Braid, and the Witness. Um, he was tweeting about, he was like, I know how to solve, we actually talked about this briefly, uh, but it was off cast. It was like, um, I know how to solve the the toxicity problem in gaming is you just make it related to the people's game stats, right? So like if you, the game ends and you're like, uh, okay, here's results, you know, you killed three people, you died once and you were muted 
by your entire team and three of them blocked you right? <laughs> right so at that point like you can start to make it affect the game and he gave examples um like you know now you're all of your weapons are 80 percent power like you lose 20 percent of their power um like which you know I, I you were making the point like the uh the counter right which is like why should i be punished because someone else was a jerk kind of thing and i understand that but you could make it something else like your cues are longer right or like you know you can't choose from as many heroes now because you were clear like we you know we don't have a moderator sitting there watching your chat but when you're you know muted by your whole team and they all report you or something like that sends some red flags and so now we limit you know we limit the skins you can choose from or you can't choose from as many heroes or certain modes are turned off for you like basically if you if you make it tangible if you could put some meaning behind it outside of like the the thing that i've only ever seen is someone gets uh perma muted Right. And like you hover over it and it'll be like this, this user has been banned or uh, temporarily muted for harassment or something. Right. Right. But John's points is that if that doesn't really have anything to do with the game, if you, if you make it affect how they, how their performance is in the video game, then it might actually curb the behavior. Yeah. I I don't disagree. I think that that would be a surefire way to, you know, either get them to stop playing or to make them correct their behavior. Right. But as you alluded to like my big concern there is how do you balance that with like a team-based game right where like i as an upstanding player if i get matched with someone who has 80 percent weapon power that is a big handicap right yeah that like that sucks for you right yeah it sucks for me and i haven't done anything wrong other than get randomly matched with someone who's a jerk right which i don't know yeah that's that's not totally fair but i i do think that there's something there right because you know the people who are really big jerks um they're passionate right right and if you start taking away features from them or if you make them perform worse in games or something um well like that that could help right and to an extent blizzard has done that um sometimes people that are way too toxic or whatever they get banned from uh, the game itself. There's actually right. a um, so there's a, a tournament that Blizzard sponsors called HGC Heroes Global Championship, and yep. there was a one of the teams was playing uh, one weekend, and their main tank like previously that same week, their main tank uh, had been playing I think in Hero League or Team League, right? Not within the championship itself, and he had uh, done some really toxic stuff, and so they banned him from the game for like mm. some amount of time, and that carried over into the tournament like they had to have their Ooh. alternative step in for this guy right because he was banned from hots for toxic behavior in hero league that's a, nice it's a it's a sort of edge case but i thought it was interesting that they were willing to even you know you know it's the equivalent of like you know sitting lebron james or something because he you know made some inflammatory statements on twitter or something right <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, and that kind of thing happens. Like, I've heard of, you know, I don't follow the sports. I don't know much about the sport ball, but I have heard before about how, you know, something someone does in their personal life will bench them or maybe get them banned from the organization, you know? Yeah. Makes sense. It does. I think it's really interesting to think about some of those punishments. You know, I think that something you talked about just a second ago is like, you know, limiting their skins, right? That could be interesting, right? Because it's like that is one of the big draws to like the meta progression in the game, right? You're like having access to customized skins, customized mounts, right? Not everybody cares, right? But it would be like kind of one more lever that you could pull 
for toxicity that wouldn't really have an effect on, you know, their performance in the game, right? And so it doesn't quite hit that Jonathan Blow suggestion, right? Because it doesn't make them any worse, right? It doesn't have like um, a detrimental effect on the way that they can actually play the game, but it does, you know, hopefully make it less fun for them because they can't use their favorite skins or their favorite mounts or whatever. But that doesn't work for every game, you know? I think one of the hardest parts about it is that it's it's sort of like a per game solution, right? Like not everything yeah. is going to work for every given game and, and the community around every single game is different and the way that players interact with each other is different, you know, voice chat versus typing in real time versus typing in a game that's slow paced, blah blah blah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that there could definitely be more effort made there. But, you know, at the same time, like, even when I have um, chat <clears throat> enabled, you can hit the tab button, brings up a menu, and you can just click, like, one button on someone's name. I do that even with chat muted, is some people are just too annoying with their pings. Yeah. Ping, 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 ping. And I'm like, nope, it doesn't take much at all for right. me to mute it. So, I was say, so, you know, going back to what we were talking about before about how I have chat on is that yeah. I'm very permissive with leaving chat on, but I am ruthless with the individual bands. Gotcha. Like okay. if someone upsets me, insta, uh, insta block, right? Even if yeah. they, even if they're talking crap to someone else, and I just don't feel like seeing that, you know? Yeah. I'm like you're being a jerk to someone. Just and you never see their name again, right? It's fantastic. Right. Yeah. I had chat on at one point, and um, I I was really ruthless with it as well. That's I think the main reason I muted is like for one, I I just. I hate seeing messages like that. You know, I'm trying to have a good time. I'm trying to relax. Like I got, I got 20, 30 minutes tops to relax here. Like I want to play a quick game and I want to have a good time and I don't want someone just like hating on me. Right. Yeah. Um, but the other thing was like, I got tired of that mini game where I'm constantly having to like juggle mutes and stuff. Like I don't want to have to worry about it. Like I'd rather just enjoy it. Right. That makes sense. Um, yeah. I was playing this one and, uh, the game was only like five minutes in and this Nova was like, why are you idiots ignoring the bottom lane or something? Right. And I was like, nope, and instant muted, right? <laughs> the chat I the chat stayed on and like the rest of this 20 minute match, people like they're just saying things that I'm not getting because I'm not getting complete picture. And it's like, <laughs> well, why don't you just shut up then? <laughs> like, well, what what would you do about it? Like they're they're all like like I'm like, what are you what are they talking about? It's clearly the Nova was just like and it was constant, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like and I'm like, why would I don't know. I don't, why would you want to argue with a random internet troll? Just just don't. <laughs> <laughs> just don't yeah just don't. well that's not, not for me sort of human nature right like people like to argue yeah uh without going too much into the sort of like behavioral psychology aspect of it i think that <laughs> you know a lot of people that are uh that toxic in games um they really do have something else that's bothering them you know yeah because i find that like when i'm stressed out and i'm playing hots a loss or people being annoying or whatever in a game affects me much more uh, and makes me like more likely to be, you know, hateful, unpleasant, unpleasant yeah, like than <laughs> otherwise, you know. Yeah, that's true. So, who would have thought your mood affects uh, what kind of a jerk you are? Yeah, it's it's surprising. Yeah, right? it's true. It's true though. Uh, so yeah, kind of interesting. Toxicity in games, something that uh, affects you know everyday life for a lot of people. Um, but you can always just choose to ignore it or you can dive in and, be, and become 
Become part of it. Become toxic yourself. <laughs> choose choose your class. You, you can't or beat them. Join them. Choose your alignment. Yeah. yeah. I think that's all we got for this week. Uh, thanks for listening. Future episodes, we're going to have um, topics on design patterns, scene graphs, real-time multiplayer. Also, a uh, listener question about uh, bad games and other things like that. Anyway, all that and more on the coming episodes of Lost Cast. Ship it. How many do you think we'll get to before either uh, one of us dies or gets really <laughs> bored of it? <laughs> um, I'm going to guess 242. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you wanted to have another conversation with me, then I take it. At least one. <laughs>